What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the 3C Podcast, curating content creators. Happy Monday. Hopefully you are off to a solid start this week. As I was thinking about this episode today, I said, you know what? I got to bring back on Jonathan, and I think it's going to be that way for the foreseeable future. We've got so much information to share on what we're working on and building, and I think it's really important to hear the voice of the CEO in the early stages. So I tapped Jonathan on the shoulder. He said, yeah, let's do a regular thing here. Um, So I'm excited to talk about what we're working on this week. We get into... Uh, naming exercise we're working on, a little shift in go-to-market strategy, and just spend some time talking about what's top of mind for him. I think you're going to be excited and learn something from this conversation. If you are a B2B marketer in sales, if you're someone who's building a company, this podcast is definitely for you. I got to make my plugs from the jump. Definitely hit follow at meetfathom.com. Go check out all the content that I'm creating on our website, meetfathom.com. I do talk a little bit about uh, one of the most recent posts and Jonathan's feedback on it. So make sure uh, you listen in for that. Um, And then also I'm testing out 3C podcast on Instagram and TikTok. Early stages, I'm, I'm trying to figure out our place, but I think there's a lot of opportunity there for us to stand out. So the 3C podcast, you can find us on Instagram in TikTok at the 3C podcast. Go hit us up with a follow. And if you're not already Smash that subscribe button. Leave us that five-star review. All right, let's kick into the conversation. Podcast, I've got the same guest I had on from our last week's Monday conversation. The reason I have him back is because I think this is important at this stage to bring on Jonathan, and I think we should just chop it up and talk about what's going on with the business, what's going on in your head. I can share what's going on in my head, but maybe a, a good place to start the conversation is maybe a Slack exchange we had earlier today. So I have been trying to create a lot of content at a rapid pace, and I'm trying to share my thoughts about the problems that we're solving from a storyboard perspective, connecting, have people read my content and connect because they know the characters I'm referencing. But at the end of the day, like tie it to the problem we're solving. And so before I, I kind of share it out into the world, I shoot it over to Jonathan first via Slack so he can take a read at it. And today's, it was, a, it was an interesting exchange. And I want to kind of dig into this because we haven't talked about it outside of just the Slack exchange. But the headline of my article was brand building with the rock and killing old B2B marketing habits. So I put that together. I started it at the end of yesterday and finished it this morning. Uh, told the team in our stand-up that today's article, like it was a little a sneak preview, it, the, the Rock, Dwayne Johnson's going to be involved, massive professional wrestling fan. So I sent over that to Jonathan. And Jonathan, I want you to like take it from here. Like when that Slack message hit hit your feed, like what was going on through your head and talk talk to me about that. Yeah, this is, this is going to be fun to recount because I think I fired back um, <laughs> like, hey, Brett, can I be real, real with you for a second? Which... Uh, as it probably sounds now that I'm saying it out loud, probably was scary uh, for a few moments, but I don't think I left you in suspense for too long. But because my gut reaction when, when you first sent that over was, I know Brett's a wrestling fan. Brett loves wrestling. Like we've referenced it several times. We send wrestling gifts back and forth to each other. 
but I, I saw the headline and the rock was the hero image staring me in the face. I was like, uh, like I'm thinking about, we're about to go do some fundraising. Like investors are going to be visiting this. They're going to see wrestling like first thing. And like my, my gut reaction was like, are we leaning into this a little bit too hard? Like have we crossed the line. So that was my gut reaction. I went and read the post. And then that's when I shot Brett the message. Hey, Brett, can I be real, real with you for a second? I didn't let him hang out too long because I knew that was uh, probably causing him some anxiousness. And I know Brett uh, well enough and, that I feel like a little bit of anxiousness is okay. And let, let me, and so when I, I got the, the message from you that said, can I be real, real with you? And I stood and I looked at it and I said to myself, um, so when I, I've published a lot so far and, and that post, and it's not just because I'm a rock fan and I love wrestling, but like when I got done with that post, I was like, damn, like that feels good. Like that one felt really good. Like I was able to tie some things together. I was able to kind of hit on a couple of things and it just felt good. And so when Jonathan said that, I was like, ah, man, maybe I'm <laughs> maybe, maybe Jonathan's the CEO. Like he, it's his final say, you know, but like, maybe I'm pushing this too far. So I was cool with whatever feedback I was going to get on the other side. I think at this point in our business, like at any company, like with any company, and if anyone wants to give you feedback, that's always a good thing. So take it from here. Yeah. So I had read the post and I, I went into the post a little nervous, but then I read the post and Brett spent the first half of the post talking about wrestling, which was, was good. And then he shared in it, which is part of what we want to do and being extremely transparent. He shared our go-to-market strategy or kind of our go-to-market messaging plan in the document. Like, Hey, we're putting out exactly what we're trying to do in this blog post. And two of the like uh, ingredients for success for our go-to-market plan, the first two actually are be authentic and talk like a human. And it like hit me in the face that like the fact that Brett's like image and headline on this made me like nervous is exactly what we're trying to defeat. And it made me feel like this is actually, this post is exactly what we should be doing. Um, and then I, I shared that feedback back with Brett very quickly. I didn't let him uh, sit too anxious for too long, but like, I was like, oh, that hit me like a ton of bricks that like the fact that like we think like B2B marketing needs to be this professional polished, you know, piece of work is like part of the problem, right? We, we spend all this time like making sure it's, it feels B2B in our marketing efforts. And then we ask like all of these B2B marketers where they get inspiration from. And it's the B2C world. And it's like, we need to be more human. We need to connect with our audience better. And it's like, that's exactly what that post did. And in the post itself, Brett even talks about some of those B2B tactics that feel very inhumane, which maybe sounds harsh, but like putting content behind forms, you know, those pillar posts that are keyword salad, just some of those experiences that feel very terrible for the user that we don't enjoy ourselves, that we ask our prospects and customers to go through. I, I fired back to Brett on Slack and I just let him know this is, this is really, really great. It, it hits exactly what we're trying to be. And that's as authentic as, as, authentic as possible talk like humans, you know, turn left when others are turning right. And uh, it's a really awesome post. I encourage everyone to go check it out. It's got some good gifts in it as well. I appreciate the feedback in real time. You're all hearing it first. Uh, this is, again, it's kind of like, this is like a one-on-one -on -one session, which is good. I think people should hear this type of stuff and what's going on in our early stage. Maybe one of the things we can talk about, because you touched on it, but in the, the go-to-market strategy that I put out there, just screen grab, put it in the blog post and like, this is kind of what we're about. This is fluid. 
that's something like we're working on this week, just in terms of Elena, who's our growth marketer in, in my work and trying to fuse those together. And we're going to talk about that. But I think one of the areas is ingredients for success, where I really view that as like, these are kind of like, even though it's early and we're just forming as a team, these are kind of like our brand values in a way. And this is what we want to project to the market. And this is what we represent. So I'm glad that you connected the dots because I think for me as a marketer trying to get going in this space of uncertainty, I am constantly, whenever I have questions, I'm trying to point back to those things and ask myself, like, it's the measuring stick. It's a barometer. Like, is, does it fall within these uh, ingredients? And if it does, then like go attack it. You might not always hit a home run, but go attack it. And if it doesn't, maybe it's not something that, you know, I should be working on or, you know, our product team should be working on or you as the CEO should be working on. So how are you thinking through like maybe, I know it's it's fluid, like we're literally making comments back and forth on the document today, but like, how are you thinking about the importance of like at this stage where we're at, like establishing those values and us marching towards them? Yeah, I think it's critical. I mean, it's no surprise to, I'd guess, anybody listening to this podcast or anybody on the team that the space that we're going into, the content marketing space is very busy, very noisy. There's a lot going on. It's not an underserved market space. You know, people talk about category creation a lot. It's become in vogue. It's something I've tried to do in my past. And it's like, we're kind of entering a category that is very loud and very noisy. So like, Uh, And we also think very broken. So uh, to stand out in that space, we have to do things differently and authentically and think differently. Like even in the blog posts that we write and how we share those blog posts and how we share our own content, how we create our own content, who we bring into those. Um, We just have to, we have to make some noise. And so that's breathing, that's coming out in everything we do, whether it's hiring, whether it's naming the business, we're getting ready to launch into a lot of messaging and visual identity exercises. Everything we're doing, we want to not feel like B2B SaaS. So that lands us back right on that Slack conversation we had this morning. Uh, You know, I was expecting it to be a B2B SaaS blog post and uh, it wasn't written like one. And that initially rubbed me the wrong way. But then uh, as I thought about it and I thought about what we want to stand for as a company, it was exactly what it should be. And I think there's so much energy, not outside of just us, but like, you know, we'll get into this like refocus of go to market strategy just in this short time that we've talked about this week. But there's so much energy with everyone in the company about just these terrible consumer experiences that we're being forced to go through as content consumers and just how can we as a team eliminate these roadblocks for people who are out there, who are starting new jobs, who are researching new markets and who are, who want to learn. And I think Eric, our CTO, I mean, he, this guy is fired up about forms and killing forms, which is great. Like it's amazing to hear another, like a product person's perspective because he's going through a ton of research in terms of building out our product and going to a bunch of content providers and hitting these forms and, and Slack sharing in real time, like screen grabs of like what he's going through and what he's dealing with. And just like, I think this pain that we all feel like is a thing just each day, it seems like it snowballs and snowballs. And now I'm in a position as I'm like authoring content, we're doing this podcast, talking with other marketers, like I am a firm believer that like 
we can stand for something and we can stand for something that means eliminating these old antiquated outdated b2b marketing tactics that serve the b2b marketer but do not serve the content consumer looking to learn like what's been your um you know response to what you've been seeing with the team and just your own observations yeah i mean just on the form experience itself like there has never been a consumer i would imagine who has come across the form on the internet and said, oh, good, a form, right? Like never. And that's just like absolutely wild, like that we are continuing to use. I've I've used the, the language that forms are a relic of the past. Um, we both started our career, you know, 2010-ish timeframe at exact target. And we were doing forms. Like it just hasn't changed. The content has changed, but the the form experience has not. And I, I think it's time to put forms to bed. You know, we, we've talked about, and you might even see this from us someday, kind of running an anti-form campaign. I think of when Salesforce, uh, you read about Salesforce's anti-software campaign when they initially launched. Like, I think a lot about, you know, every good hero needs a villain. And I think initially uh, forms can be one of our villains. When I remember when I was recruiting Eric to join the team, he was a little nervous and anxious because he's not from the MarTech space. And so, you know, he had to, he had to, grow to be comfortable with going into the MarTech space. But what really resonated with him is he, as a content consumer and somebody who was often studying in his role and his position as a CTO at another large company uh, and trying to learn and educate himself on purchasing decisions, he hated that forum experience so much that he knew what we were solving for would be a huge, huge value to the content consumer. So we as a team are really rallying around that. And I think the marketplace is ready to rally around that as well. They're just not sure how to do it yet. And that's where our business comes in. I think that's where uh, we can help. And um, that's going to be a step on our journey for the entire company, which is exciting. Yeah, no, there's a ton of excitement there and a ton of energy, which makes my job as the marketer that much more fun. Um, And I love hearing it just regularly and the consistency of that. Maybe we can talk about just the go-to-market process and thoughts that you know, we've been communicating about, I think, you know, we're forming as a team, you have this vision when you're bringing on me, Elena, in our roles about what we primarily should be responsible for. And that, like with uh, many early stage companies, pre-launch companies, stuff changes so quickly, but maybe like talk about your observations and what you were seeing just in the early stages that caused you to react and not only caused you to react enough to like start a conversation and then start talking about how we can build better alignment between the work that we're doing. Yeah, it's a great question. When we hired yourself and then Elena, our growth marketing manager, I say we, this was my doing uh, because it was a team of one before the two of you joined. Uh, the thought was, all right, Brett is going to be focused on customer to be customer mission. Elena is going to be focused on B2C user acquisition or content consumer acquisition. And I thought in all my grand visions that that's going to be as efficient as possible. They're going to be so focused on that. Like they'll be able to go really fast and grow really fast and uh, we'll be off to the moon. Pretty quickly, um, you know, as we're trying to build this curated, this platform for B2B curated content, we set that up, I set that up to be too binary. And so both, I was fortunate, both you and Elena kind of raised your hand. And I think you guys have probably had some conversations of, there's not a lot of overlap between what you're doing. And, you know, at this stage, it's so important that we can all stretch our impact to go as far as humanly possible, right? Gain some economy of scale. And 
I had set you up to just both operate in silos, which now, as I even say it out loud, like makes zero sense whatsoever. But I was fortunate you two both kind of raised your hands that something feels off here. So, you know, hire smart people and get out of the way. Uh, I needed to do some getting out of the way and just kind of got the three of us together and said, all right, how do we how do we create some efficiencies here? How do we create some economies of scale so that Elena, what you're working on benefits Brett and Brett, what you're working on benefits Elena and we'll all be better off. And so as we think about this platform that is all B2B content, we needed to narrow that a little bit, which we were going to do eventually anyway, likely, but we started to say, okay, you know, what audience do we think will resonate most with what we're trying to do? What audience do we think will share most what we're trying to do? And then how do we create the largest overlap between Brett's B2C customer or B2B customer audience and Elena's B2C user audience? And then how do we adjust those roles to make you both more efficient? So what we decided to do is we're going to launch this business by targeting B2B sales and marketing professionals who are interested in consuming content. And then the um, trickle down effect of that is our customers will be B2B content marketers who sell to sales and marketers. Uh, and that way you both can kind of target the same audience and content consumers will likely become content customers and vice versa. And we've, we've taken an overlap that was very, very small or non-existent for you and Elena and just made it extremely large. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. Honestly, like I'm excited about that, but I'm so like excited and energized and inspired by the way we came to that decision that that's more inspiring than the decision itself because we were able to sit down and have, they weren't difficult conversations, but very direct conversations. There were like healthy disagreements, but like we worked through all those and I think everyone's committed and aligned. And uh, that was more inspiring to me at this stage of the business than the actual decision itself is just how quickly the team kind of worked through it, refound alignment and is now running full speed ahead. Yeah, and it feels like it, they they were um, very pointed conversations. They we managed through them very easily. Um, really good feedback. Didn't take a lot. Um, now it feels like for me, I feel momentum. It feels like as a marketer, you know, everyone wants to drive towards like, all right, what's the hook? Like, what is the hook? What is the hook that we're rallying around? And our hook right now is like, if you're in marketing or if you're in sales. We know you have a problem with research and finding content and dealing with all of these roadblocks. Like, sign up for our waitlist. Like, sign, give us your email, sign up for your waitlist. I'm going to be creating a newsletter that's going to plug in a bunch of content that we're building and, and nurture that. And then you'll be there when we do the big launch. And it's what we're looking to do is you're a part of the platform and we're looking to help you by curating really great content on a regular basis with the intention to make your job easier. And I think that like that feeling of like knowing that what we're, I'm setting out to do every day is to just help people. It's really inspiring because like, I know I have dealt with this. Uh, I'm dealing with it now going through a new company, trying to learn, like running into those roadblocks online. So just this Spotify for B2B content, like this curation and this mindset and us all aligning around it and just trying to get you the listener who is in B2B marketing or B2B sales, who we know has this issue to just sign up for this wait list. I think it's really easy to rally around. I don't know. It's, it's been, it's been fun and it's been an evolution, but I think when you, you were at this stage of business that we're at, like you need to make those quick shifts and see kind of what the response is. Well, and Brett, you said something this morning, I think in our Slack conversation as well, of like, 
you know, we're not, we don't want this to come across as like holier than thou. Like we've been, we've been guilty of the exact same things that we're trying to fix now. Right. Like we've both led marketing teams in our career. I think we've both led business development teams in our career where we've asked our own teams to create forms, to generate those leads that probably our CEO is asking for us to create those terrible user experiences that we ourselves wouldn't participate in, but we, we felt like we needed our team to execute on. Like, we are solving for that, but we are not above that. We've done that in the past. And so we've, we've have tangibly felt that pain that I think marketers and content consumers feel right now. So we say all this and we're going against the grain here, but it's our own grain that we've helped create. Uh, and now we want to help solve for. Great point of clarification. Guilty as charged have been guilty, guilty, (laughs) been guilty as charged for a long time, knowing that the experience isn't great, but thinking to myself, like, this is just the way it has to be. And I don't, do you think like, is your mentality like we can help contribute to this change and this doesn't have to be this way because of the rise of like B2C expectations? Do you think that makes our push towards this easier? Does it not make it easier? Like, what are your thoughts there? I think it makes it way easier. Even as part of my talk track, when we've been giving demos, you know, it's very easy to demo our product because you say at the very top of it, this is a very familiar consumer technology experience. If you've ever online shopped, if you've ever interacted with Spotify, Netflix, Apple News, almost any consumer technology that curates content for you, whether that's clothes, TV, video, advertising, social content, blogs, etc. Like you'll jump into our platform and know how to navigate it. It'll just be with B2B content. So why that experience hasn't happened in B2B content yet, I don't exactly know. Maybe it's because we've been handcuffed to these form experiences, these really archaic B2B content experiences, but it's just a improved consumer experience in the B2B space. And fortunately for us, I think it's a very familiar consumer technology experience that we're just applying to a new space that is the B2B content space. Absolutely. And maybe like before, you know, we jump to the final topic, um, I'd love for you to maybe paint the picture to anyone listening who's still trying to, we don't want to like push the product because we're building, we're not, this isn't to like sell you on anything, but just get people to understand like a familiar business model in the marketing space that like you've looked at might not be identical, but reference points for listeners. So they can be like, okay, they're doing this for, for B2B content. What, what are some examples? Yeah. So the one that just has recently kind of come onto our team's radar this week that we've been kicking around a lot, thinking a lot about is Glassdoor, which maybe isn't the sexiest example, but I think it is a really good example of if you go to Glassdoor's website, they ask you to sign up as a rater or reviewer, an individual user. You have to really hunt around to figure out how to be a customer of Glassdoor for employers, right? I think it's called Glassdoor for employers. And that's not what they lead with. They lead with the community aspect. Uh, Your reviewing and your rating is really valuable to everyone in our ecosystem. So kind of the same thing for content, right? Um, We hope that when you visit our uh, brand website, our corporate website, uh, uh, you're there because you want to consume really high quality content, sign up as a user, you go interact, engage with content, potentially rate or review that content. And then there's obviously value props in there for marketers as well, but we really want users to lead 
the value drivers of our business to lead how we build the user experience. It's a platform for content consumers that we hope provides value to content marketers as well, but only the content marketers who are willing to do content marketing the right way, in our opinion. I love it. I'm about it. I signed up to be a part of this, so I'm excited to watch it grow. I'm excited to market it, but maybe we talk about, I think this is an interesting topic and I've never heard anyone talk about it, but maybe we close with just this, these naming conversations that we've been having and just to set the stage for everyone, you know, the, the name we have right now is Fathom. You can find us at meetfathom.com and but that's that's our studio name because we're a high alpha company. That's not necessarily the name. That wasn't going to necessarily be the name that we're we're going to go launch and go to market with and do a big brand launch and do a big uh, product launch with, which might be sound. Some people who are listening that might sound interesting, and you might be asking, well, why don't you just launch with Fathom this and that? Maybe like first before we get into the naming, like talk about just like you as the CEO and you working with high alpha, like what that process looks like in terms of like the the name they gave you, where it comes from, and then just like the the whole naming process in where we're at right now. Absolutely. So um, high alpha sends business concepts through sprint week. During sprint week, they try to validate that concept through market research, through user interviews, through mocking up product, through mocking up brand, Etc. So Fathom had actually been through a sprint week when I was asked to lead the uh, business. So Fathom was the brand name that was given to us as a business, but they knew uh, because it was just a sprint week brand that we would initially need to rebrand or come up with a final brand name. There are other Fathoms in the marketplace. Uh, so from a domain perspective, from a trademark perspective, we had to change our name and they've got a process to help guide that. I've actually so we, got a I've got a question on that. So right. why why doesn't High Alpha just start from the perspective of like this is the name that we're going to like this is what you're going to be known as? Why is there like a pseudo name to lead the 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 forming of the company? For speed, I think during Sprint Week to get, just get it off the ground, they give it a name to run with. There is, you know, the trademark research, the domain research, social handle research. It takes time. And I would guess also some investment from their side. So from a speed perspective, it's easier just to set up a code name. Most businesses don't ever go to market with that code name. Just kind of given the unique nature of our marketplace concept, we needed to go to market with it. And so that's what we're doing. And when we rebrand, which we'll do probably sometime in the next couple of weeks, couple of months, we're going to talk all about it with you and share why we did that and how we did that, et cetera. So the naming conversation, uh, they've got a process we go through. It starts as a word bank of just general words that you think kind of fit the ethos of your business. Then from those names, you kind of create some themes that you're starting to see arise. And then from those themes, you kind of go back to business names and you bounce back and forth between themes and names and words uh, several times. Then you try to get it down to a medium list, and then a short list, and then you get it down to two or three names, and then you have to make a decision. So when Brett and Elena joined the team, uh, we were at that decision point. I think I even sent you guys an email with a short list of names um, prior to you officially starting. And honestly, so, what- so, so, so we got the PDF from you and I remember it was over Christmas break and I opened up my phone and PDF and it was... 
it was exciting and overwhelming at the same time where it was, I, outside of like uh, learning about the product when I was working for another company, talking with Jonathan based on our previous relationship and then kind of going through the interview process. Like, you know, I, I was putting together pieces in my head of like what I thought the business was or what it could be. And then all of a sudden, like I'm hit with like this list and it was like, I'm not sure it was whittled down yet. I just had the, the whole presentation and list. So I'm sitting here like in my recliner looking through the list. And of course, like when you look at the names on a list that could be your potential company names, when you're looking at those for the first time, you immediately, like you're a judger, immediate judger. Like it's like, no way, never, because you start associating things in your mind with these words. And it's, that was, so that's, that's how I entered the process with this like pretty decent list with just very, uh, very well put together on just the process. But I remember saying to myself, like, don't really offer any feedback. Like, let's just see how this goes and let Jonathan lead the charge. Yeah. So we had it whittled down to four names. And then in that PDF, there was a list of other names. So I sent that to you and, um, I think you, you even replied and you were like, Hey, I'm going to take some, I'm going to take 24 hours to kind of digest this, which I appreciated kind of at the same time. This was right around the holidays. I sent that same list to a few other marketers. I like a few friends. I like a few family members just to get like their initial reaction. Right. The, the feedback on the four was generally consistent. And then there was all these other names, which I shared with other people too, just to see if there's anything worth bringing back to the top. And there was one name that like consistently people kept mentioning like very excitedly. And Brett, you even mentioned it as well. That name was Juice. And it was very polarizing. Some people saw Juice and they were like, that's weird. Or that's a noisy space. SEO will be a challenge. Other people just like loved it. Right. And you were one of those people. We had other people. So we ended up bringing Juice into our final three with two other from the short list of the four, which were Helix and Bespoke. And so we got down to the three and then it was decision mode. For me personally, you know, first time CEO, what was stressing me out was not so much the final name that we chose, but how to make the decision, right? I felt like we had three good names. I felt like they all arrived at the same result or what we wanted them to mean in very different ways. Bespoke, very formal and very exclusive premium. Helix, very scientific. Juice, very fun and energetic. And so I knew we would make the most of any of those three words, but was kind of stressing about how to make that decision. I imagine that's something a lot of marketers go through, maybe a lot of other CEOs at an early stage business. Uh, but I was fortunate we were able to talk through it as a team. And then our co-founder, Eric, he and I had a conversation. Then I spent a weekend with what I thought was the right decision and then was able to share with share it with the team on a Monday. And ultimately, what how we arrived at the decision was I felt like the word or the name that best aligned with the people of the business. And when I say the people of the business, I mean our employees first and foremost, because I think that's the most important part of a brand. And then our two audiences being content consumers and content customers. I felt like we chose the name that best aligned with all three of those audiences. Yeah. And what I liked about just the process in general, everyone, maybe it was last Friday, everyone had a opportunity to sit on a Zoom call and look at everyone else and just share their opinions about why they felt certain way about each name and what those names meant to them, them and like why they were responding the way they did. And for me, like, I, I didn't want to like project too much. Like I felt like 
whatever decision is made, like, it, okay, we're going to make it happen. Like that's the fun part as a marketer, but it was definitely like an interesting meeting. It was very challenging because, you know, these are people I'm working with for the first time. I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm trying to listen, but it was, I, I think I said in the meeting, like we went on and it was good. It was like airing it out. And I think my last words in the meeting was like, this is really challenging, but I feel like it was fun to be a part of it. It was, I think we're better for it. And we've got a decision on a name that we're not going to share in this conversation, but we will be sharing soon. Um, But how do you feel about the result of it, Jonathan? I feel really great about it. I think the meeting you're referencing, I'm really fortunate that I think a lot of times maybe early stage companies or teams even on a decision like this will try to go into that meeting saying, hey, we're going to reach consensus before we leave this meeting on what it is we all agree on, maybe in varying degrees of uh, agreement, but we're going to try to get consensus or take a vote on this at the end of the meeting. We really didn't want that meeting to be that. Eric, uh, co-founder and myself, uh, kind of talked about that. Like We just want everyone to feel like they've been heard and what they're saying is extremely valuable as we make this decision, but we don't want to force consensus on anybody. We'll go away and make a decision based on the input and then uh, let the team react to that one final time before we send it out to our board and the high alpha team. So I am extremely excited about where we landed because I think uh, to bring this conversation full circle, it goes back to us talking like humans, being extremely authentic, turning right or turning left when others are turning right, it aligns with all those core values or those ingredients for success that are in that go-to-market strategy plan. And um, it aligns with our three audiences being internal content consumer and customers. So uh, I can't wait for the visual identity process. And I can't wait to share that process with this audience uh, being the podcast listeners and ultimately the final visual identity as well in a really big way. It's not a marketing podcast unless you leave your people with a, something to wait for. And that's what this is, a little sneak preview. It will be coming soon. When we're ready to share, we will share. Maybe we can close out with this, Jonathan. Like, what What is top of mind for you going into finishing out this week and kind of going into the next couple of weeks? Like, where are your big areas of focus? As we mentioned earlier in this podcast, prioritizing our users. We want as many waitlist users as possible because what we're doing until the product is live is we're getting feedback from those waitlist users. As we build product, we're going to ask for their input on it. We're going to ask for their input even before we build product on what would be valuable for them. Elena's already spinning up some of those surveys. We already have results. We're already acting on those results. So if you're interested in uh, at all in what we're doing, I'd encourage you to join our waitlist, meetfathom.com backslash sign up with a hyphen. And uh, we're, we're going to build it with you, uh, right alongside of you. And uh, when we're ready to launch, we think it'll be something really, really for you as a content consumer in the sales or marketing space. Awesome stuff. Hopefully you all enjoyed that. Jonathan, have to get you back on here again next week. Hopefully you're game for it. Always game. All right, man. Talk to you soon. Talk soon. All right, I got to be honest, when I shot him that blog post with the rock headline and he asked for the feedback, I was like, man, he doesn't like my content. This is, I think, I think this is good content. So I'm really glad um, he was receptive of it. And I'm really proud of what we're producing with the show and the blog. So go check out our stuff. Hit us with a follow across the, our social channels. Like I mentioned up front, at Meet Fathom on Twitter. 
Smash that follow button on LinkedIn. I'm publishing stuff there and then at the 3C podcast on Instagram and TikTok. And make sure you hit that subscribe button if you're not already. Make sure you take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. We're going to be back next week. Actually, not next week. This Friday with a new episode. The episode is going to be on fire. It is with the marketing team from Terminus. It's going to be fun. Take care of yourself. Peace.